This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Julie. Okay, so today we have Panny and Alid from Leyland Press. So just to get to know you both of you, uh, when did you start gaming and what games did you play with at the very beginning? So uh, I think for, well, many... Um... Many UK-based um, people, uh, Games Workshop is the kind of uh, formative uh, sort of gaming influence. Specifically, if, the, if you've heard of Warhammer, uh, that small right. indie British game. Um, the um, yeah, the stores sort of um, were just all over the British high streets, especially in like the nineties, and um, that's certainly where I got my first gaming experience when I was about nine. I'm sort of walking into that Games Workshop and then starting to play um, Warhammer, um, and um, it was sort of a, a slippery slope from there. Dare I say? So Warhammer yeah. the miniature game. Yeah, Warhammer 40,000 the miniature wow. game. That, that was really my first exposure to tabletop. And as a result of mostly engaging with the hobby through reading lots of like magazines and stuff, because right. because I, when you're a kid, you can't really afford that many miniatures to, to actually play a game. So you end up just absorbing and reading lots of books instead. So then I found out all about the sort of other specialist games they did. And, and then that eventually led to uh, me playing Dungeons and Dragons um, in the end and um, lots of other games. So yeah, I think it, that's the thing that sparked the, uh, sparked the hobby for me, I reckon. Cool. Yeah, well, Penny, Penny says it was on every high street, but he had the luxury of growing up in uh, Romford, um, whereas <laughs> I grew up in the uh, mountains of North Wales, and I can assure you there was a lot of games workshop around there. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, nobody nobody has ever described growing up in Romford as a luxury. <laughs> Have you been to Romford? No. And you've but... never grown up in North Wales, mate. So, you know. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I mean, we used to do, um, uh, you know, same, same for me, really, was Games Workshop was kind of um, the, the the first thing sort of in, into the sort of wide, wider nerd hobby, if you like. Uh, yeah, no, we used to do pilgrimages out to Chester, you know, sort of like uh, every every sort of few months and try and try and buy up as much as we could to, to bring it back. But as a result, like we weren't really exposed to much um, where I was growing up. So it was a lot of homebrew that we did in terms of like playing RPGs, at least. Um, so we we just sort of like rip off uh, stat lines from sort of 40k or Warhammer Fantasy and then just kind of do an FKR game basically you know just like pick up a D6 draw map and um, just kind of like go. <laughs> it wasn't until I was well into my twenties that I actually started playing like actual RPGs because wow. you know, we just kind of made it all up. So that's pretty cool because like I mean that that's like well, I don't know what you'd call it. That's like spontaneous role-playing games kind of yeah really yeah it was um I, I didn't realize that it was weird until sort of like much much later and that most people actually sat and had like rule sets and stuff like that um because you know we, we and we'd, we'd use hero quest a lot because we had a copy of hero quest but we'd, we'd lost the rules so we didn't really know how to play but we had all um, <laughs> these cards and minis and you know so you just kind of and we had like you know uh, a, a warhammer rule book so you know that that was kind of like the thing you you just take what you have and then you just adapt it and so yeah you just kind of start homebrewing sort of from the start really so it kind of feels a bit second nature to me really just to do that so wow so how long what age were you doing that at uh, when you started um that was around 10 we started oh, wow. that, but, you know, we, we did that all the way until everyone's kind of left for uni really um you know so we were always um like you know if there was something we liked like i remember doing a rule set for avatar the last airbender like oh, I just yeah that's one now from uh, Magpie, right? But I remember I wrote one for that back, like when we first started watching it, because we were all like getting really into it. And I was like, "Oh, this is making an amazing RPG! Like, you know, we should totally write up some rules." <laughs> I think it was um, uh, a card-based one. We used a deck of playing cards to like kind of like track the number of like uses that you could do, like you know, of, of like your bending. 
And um, I think some of them we assigned, there was basically like, yeah, you had a spell deck effectively of like one sort of like one of the suits of the cards. Each suit we corresponded, I think, to an element. And then, yeah, the, you know, four players. So yeah, we, we just do like that basically. Wow. Sorry. That's okay. Wow, that's amazing because like uh, I grew up just playing D and D, and it was uh, yeah. my brother had a copy of the uh, not a copy of it. He had a, a photocopy of the rules, and so we played with <laughs> these sheets, right? And we didn't have a game store either in my town, yeah. and so he made twenty side dime out of wax. He made a wax ball and he oh, shaped it cool. and he put it <laughs> in paper. And I don't know how he did it or where he found the plans for it, but <laughs> but uh, so and then being being that it's made out of wax, it get kind of soft and kind of get funky rolls all the time. <laughs> so, but you know we may do you know, we may do it. We never thought about the chit because you can make, make like twenty numbers, put them in a hat, and take them out. We never even thought of that one. But uh, but yeah, so so you know that's pretty amazing that that you're like role playing without any rules. And you're just adapting something from 40k. That's that's pretty amazing, and I think it's pretty amazing. I grew up kind of in the same places, in the middle of nowhere, and we started playing Gamma World because someone gave it to my brother for Christmas, and that was our first experience with role playing. And the other people that we knew, somebody got a D and D book, so we. That's how my brother got me into doing it. But we were literally there. Were, we were in a town of thirty five hundred people, so and yeah. an hour or so away from any city. Yeah, no, we um, well, the village I grew up in, I think, um, has about a hundred people, something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> um, That's yeah, no, it's really, really remote. Um, wow. So, yeah, yeah. When I was growing up, you know, it's all in Welsh as well. Like, you know, the, the the we, it's like you know, mountain folk. We've, we we speak a different language. You know? <laughs> so, you know. It's um yeah it's a weird place but um yeah no, it was fun though you know doing that as a kid I I, I miss those days in a way so uh of course there's War, Warhammer 40k stores or whatever they're called and there wasn't one in your town obviously but uh, so how far was it to go to make forays into the city and and be able to buy stuff you'd walk 45 minutes to the bus stop and then you'd get on the bus for about an hour and a half. And then from there you could get onto the train, which was then about an hour to Chester. So uh, wow. yeah, that, that was, that was the pilgrimage we called it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. That's, <laughs> yeah, Chester, That's... Four, four gate street, Chester. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we'd get there and we just spend all day in the shop, you know? Well, so, of course you make that kind of a long commitment. to. Yeah. That's that, that's crazy. That's quite a bit of a, for for kids and young people to make, I mean that. For me, my brother was able to drive, so we drove to Monterey, which is about twenty minute drive to to the coast yeah. from my little uh, agricultural town. So not as bad as that, man. That's crazy. <laughs> that's same. That's some dedication. It's it's quicker when I can convince my mom to drive me. But you right, know, right. That's what I figure. Sort of do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing that not 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 that probably wouldn't happen these days with parents oh no you can't go on all those bus yeah. rides and tra train oh, yeah, no, I, was, I was like 13 and it was just like yeah no go go for it son like you know what i mean yeah yeah send you cool. on the bus it's fine <laughs> you're a man now <laughs> do you guys feel that you play more or you're more of a, of a gm I'm I'm definitely the sort of a, the forever GM. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I run um a lots and lots of games and always have since I was um, yeah about sixteen is when I started running um, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, fourth edition of all of them, and oh. um, 
yeah and it sort of just went from there and i ran it all through uni and uh, then got into other different games um like uh stuff like apocalypse world i remember and games like scion that sort of were my first exposure to indie rpgs and i've just been like gming um lots and lots ever since sort of whenever whenever i get a chance and now i do it Coming up, I'm doing about 20 salvage union sort of one shots over December uh, <laughs> to uh, partly to onboard players and, you know, get them excited about the game. But also I do, I do enjoy running games. So I really do. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. I've sort of a bit, a bit of both really. If I can get someone to run a game for me, it's great. But, um, you know, because uh, I, I do, I do like both. I don't know. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty much 50-50 on that one. Um, That's I, cool. I tend to, when I tend to GM, it's because I tend to be the one who wants to have a game. So it's just easier to be like, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm setting up a game. You know, this is happening. So sort of find some, finding players is easier than, you know, finding finding a GM, right? So, right. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's I think, why maybe I more GM. But that that and drawing maps, I just like drawing maps mostly. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, yeah it's, it's just a vehicle for, you know, map drawing. <laughs> Yeah, well, usually it's like as a GM, you you tend to become the person who gathers all the cats, you know, to play the game, yeah, yeah. and you're herding them and you're trying to get them together and all that stuff. So as a GM, I think uh, I do the same thing. I I probably GM more than I play, though. Now I usually I'm like in a couple groups that we we all rotate GMs. The only thing I miss about that is that usually there's no like long campaign like i used to play in when i was a kid so but still i'm playing so i do like doing that and i do like uh and my my you know my collection of games i i usually buy them because i want to play them and try to convince somebody to run it for me but this is i'm not very successful <laughs> in that sense so obviously i was going to ask you about house rules and stuff but alan obviously just homebrewed his whole 10 years as a role player so we know that one that's pretty amazing and uh how about you penny do you tinker with the games as when you first start playing or even now or do you just kind of play it straight and you know you know what is it the rules as written yeah raw um yes, raw. yeah I hate that term. um yeah <laughs> um i'm not sure you can um so i think it's um like talking about um sort of piecing a game together like you were saying there was like you know you, you had the one gamma world rule book i think most of Jolene was saying um yeah you sort of use that or Island was saying um you know you piece together a sort of warhammer rule book and some old copy of ad and d you've got for some reason and and the right. hero quest box and you and you work it out <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i think that's really like i think that is sort of the heart of rpg secretly is is that sort of um improvisational um way of sort of um playing a game because they're games that are played primarily through sort of the medium of conversation and improv is just a, a huge element of that and i think um so i'd say yes i mean i do it all of the time um and but i also like and i think well i, I am we um sort of inject that into our games as well um like right. we, we design our games in such a way that there are like missing blanks for the, the gm and the players have to like fill in because we don't answer every question because part of the game to us is leaving those sort of um those spaces for um, players to then be able to inject their own ideas and for GMs to be able to inject their own ideas and creativity and, and make up rules where it fits and um, just work it out, like what, work out what works for them rather than, yeah, being like quite, um, yeah, strict about, well, no, you can only move five spaces or whatever and, and attack, <laughs> you can't attack diagonally, you know, that sort of, that sort of rule set, which is it, its own separate thing, can be fun as well. I know there's obviously with tactical elements of games and, and whatnot, but um, yeah, I think that that bleeds into our design a lot, I'd say. I yeah, that's, I, interesting. I, I, that's interesting because like you both uh, played Warhammer and that's like very, it's all about the rules, right? There's, do people fudge in that game? I don't know. I'm, I've never played, I, I'm, I've 
I sorry, I've never played Warhammer 40k, uh, mainly because I don't have room to store the miniatures, and two, I don't have ability to paint. Uh, so I, uh, it kind of leaves me out of that genre. But uh, aren't they very strict about rules about how you have to pay, have them painted, and stuff um, like that? Yeah, they are. But um, as I've been, as I was saying, the um, like I got into it when I was like nine years old, and again, I was reading like articles in the Red Love White Wolf magazine. Yeah, um, or I'd have a random copy of like um, some old game like Necromunda that was like handed down, or and then I'd have the <laughs> the rule set like a few, and I and I didn't know I didn't know how to play the game. Like right. there were like strict rules, but I was nine years old, so I was right. like, that, this doesn't make sense. So then I'd sit down with my friend and we'd play like on the floor, and we'd right. make stuff up. Like, right, right, right. Makes, okay, yeah, that makes that's sense. That's what kids I think, do. Yeah, I think the, the the other thing as well though is like you know obviously yeah Warhammer has like you know quite prescriptive like rules and yeah I mean people do fudge it but like you, you shouldn't and you know um, because like, <laughs> you get caught doing that that's a problem. Um, uh, yeah, there's um, but then that that's that's the thing right. So like then when you're coming to like oh well maybe we should do this thing it's because. I mean, that's a different experience, right? Like, right. you know, if you, want to, if you want to play the war game, then, you know, war game's a war game. It needs that. And that's, that's good. That's okay. But if, if you're trying immediately to try and do something else, then it's, it just doesn't work for that experience. And, um, yeah, like Panny was saying, I think it's, um, that there's always going to be sort of like gaps in a sort of, um, an improv game, like an RPG, because you, you have to allow sort of flexibility for the creativity. That's part of what's so sort of interesting about it. And, um, you know, so anyone who's ever run an RPG is to some extent a games designer um, because you, you kind of have to be right. And, and I think naturally people just are as well. Like, you know, um, uh, you know, even as kids, you kind of like, even if you're not playing RPGs, every kid has laughed. I'll say that nearly everybody has done a laugh at some point in their life, normally <laughs> as children. And I mean, we just call it playing pretend, but it's laughing. Right. Like, right. do you know what I mean? It's um, and th that's what it is, right? Like we... It's just a more complicated term if you want to say you're doing it specifically like, you know, medieval fantasy um, and you're older. It's <laughs> now it's a lot, but uh, you know, <laughs> that, it's, you know, it's playing pretend or it's like murder mystery parties and stuff like that. Right. Like, right. I think of, like instinctively, mm. I think kind of gets it. And that's that's why I think people are so sort of drawn to it and, you know, to change those rules and sort of make it fit maybe more their vision of what they want that to be. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, here we play. Uh, well, we we didn't play cops and robbers and or cowboys and Indians. It was uh, we were recreating uh, scenes from Star Wars, right? You know, yeah. and Darth Vader with when yeah. I was young, and so uh, it, we, yeah, we called it playing pretend, and it was basically LARPy because we're like coming up with our own lines and and rearranging yeah. scenes instead of like I don't like the way this happened, and and here yeah. you are, you know, playing with the. Well, we were playing with broomsticks, but you know, they were lightsabers in our eyes. So, <laughs> no, exactly. yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, to me, when I was playing younger, you know, when I was younger and I was playing, I think to me, I call that the golden age, even though of role playing, because all I did was role play. I don't remember doing anything else other than going out and riding my bike. Uh, though, you know, there are different stages where I play a lot of games and then there's sometimes when I don't play very much. Well, uh, what about you guys? Do you guys feel like when you're younger, you guys were like in that golden age of a uh, role playing or do you guys role play now more than you did when you were kids? Um, uh, yeah, I had a little, let's not fight over it. Um, yeah, I think, um, 
it's well, I don't know. You're running 20 yeah. games. Uh, yeah, I'm running. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, I'm not exactly like slouching on it. It sort of would be a, it would be like a, a curve. Um, yeah, no, I think. Um, I mean, I've always just played a lot of games and like playing a lot of games. Um, but I think as a kid, it's um, you, you, yeah. I think the magic there is kind of what's like lost in the sort of memory, hazy memories of time, as it were. Right. Of of you know, um, you know, as I was saying, like me sitting down with my friend on our um on our floor and just like playing with our Warhammer miniatures and just just making all that stuff up. Um, and I think that to me is like the the sort of golden magic that you can't really get back because like I I you know I know too much now. I've read too much. <laughs> I'm gonna talk. Not to like yes, my, my brain is huge. And <laughs> pointless uh <laughs> rpg info. too much knowledge yeah yeah <laughs> my giant brain um yeah um, didn't quite i mean it's come out like that but i guess it did he's tainted he's tainted yeah. <laughs> um, he's tainted by the world yes what about you alan um yeah i mean i think it's inherently like you know when, when you sort of like oh yeah what was the golden age it's always going to be like when you were a kid really like okay. for, for most people right it's it's going to be that but i mean you know I'd, I'd also sort of like um uh hazard to say that maybe maybe it's not even happened yet maybe maybe the golden age is like you know still ahead of us you know um uh i think one of the things like uh so my friend uh mal who actually um uh, was um one of the inspirations for salvage union actually from a game that we played but um he's got two kids and um he plays loads of rpgs with them yeah and um uh, I mean, he's, he's sort of like I say, you know, it's, it's really fun and it's kind of like, you know, that sort of getting that back a little bit in a way because you see sort of like the enjoyment for from them because, you know, it's like the first time you do something like that novelty always makes it a bit more exciting. Like, yeah. you know, that sort of first campaign you finished and like, you know, the the big climax at the end and like, you know, you never forget that, right? Like, you know, that's 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 always going to be like one of the one of the all time all time games. And yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, like Panny said, you know, once once you're sort of um, a bit older, more cynical, you've you know seen a bit too much. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, if neither one of you have kids, yeah. I think you're right because I had a, I have a son. He's 20 now, but uh, he started role playing. I mean, I started playing because he, he saw us the big boys my wife calls us you know playing games he always wanted to play even as yeah. a, like before, when he was barely talking and can i play can i play and he would sit at the table then my friends would let him roll dice and stuff and so he wanted to play from a very young age so i i got him playing probably like around four or five just simple one you know two player kind of like aesop fables kind of thing you know try to make the right decision and then his friends heard of it heard what i was doing and they're like i want to play too so then i'm like I handed him the player's hand, the, the Pathfinder book. And I go, when you can read this, you, I'll run a game for you. So they're like, <laughs> so, so, but this is about when he was six or seven. And let me tell you, by the time he was eight or nine, he was tearing through that book, right? To the point where I, I and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible raw uh, RPG player or uh, GM. Yeah. So at one point he goes, Okay, let's play. You know, I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, and then he, he made a character. So I'm like, holy crap. So I got to make a game. <laughs> so here I am. So I start running the game from, and it was, it was like, it was kind of like looking back at myself playing games for the first time. And he's like getting excited about killing a, a rat and this and that and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And so you, you do kind of have that was, you know, you're right. There's different ages or different stages that we look and, and play. And I was real lucky to be able to run for those my my son and his friends who were the same age. And so, 
and and my friend's dad, who's basically a l- large child, so it didn't matter. So you know, he was he was just the same because he had hardly played any games uh, in the past, and he was one of those very. Uh, luckily, he didn't get into role playing games back then because he would have been you know just playing, being in the basement and never come out type of guy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so you're right. So you, there, there's a chance that there, you know. Anytime it would be a golden age. One of my friends, he retired a few years ago, and all he does is play games, right? You know, I go, yeah. I, I play I mean, with that's, them. That, that's the thing, right? The nursing home of the future is all going to be like, you know, <laughs> three, and like, you know, yeah, everyone's everyone's going to be like just video gaming and playing D and D. I swear to God. <laughs> my, my friends, have, we've been talking about that. Going, well, what are you going to do when we're all old? You go. He goes, we should just all live together in like a home or something and play games all the time. I'm like, <laughs> wow, wow, classic land party, man. Let's, you know, yeah. right, right, weekend, you know, yeah. So there's, there's always a chance for the future. <laughs> mm, yeah. Literally, go to your age. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are quite, play up quite a bit. You're obviously very imaginative. Uh, where does Savage Union come from? Whose idea was it? How did it become? Oh, where did you guys meet? How about that? You guys uh, are, you know, yeah. you're you're from Wales and uh, Panny's in London. Uh, well, I moved down to London. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, um, because, you know, yeah, there's not a lot in, in Wales. So, <laughs> yeah, no, so I um, moved down um, uh, with my wife, actually, and I saw an advert for um, uh, Modifius playtesting. So, um I thought, you know what, I, I'd been sort of trying to do a little bit of, um, uh, you know, I sort of did want to set up and sort of design a game and do a thing. But um, obviously, it's like I had absolutely no idea about the actual inside of the industry or anything. So, uh, yeah, signed up uh, with Modifius, and that's where I met Penny. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I uh, applied for the uh, the same uh, position, in fact, um, and I didn't get it uh, because they wanted to. They wanted someone to help with marketing, effectively. So I got a uh, kind of a yeah, marketing uh, support position instead. So um, that's we both applied we... for the same job. I got it. Paddy got a better one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, debatable. You two got to play games all day. So I know they play the same game for ten hours, and it's it's just like, let's just keep rolling these dice to see if something weird happens. And if nothing weird happens, you just like cool. So we just spend ten hours just like rolling dice. It's it's yeah, it's um yeah. It's it's not the worst job in the world. I've had much much worse jobs. I'm not gonna lie, but you know it's uh yeah. ain't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> So that's cool. So you met uh, play testing Modifius, and you were in marketing somehow. And uh, but that's that's kind of like a, a, a leap to becoming this group that you are now and putting out a game. How did that? Yeah, come about? I, was, um, uh, I I I left um, just before COVID. It was really really bad move on my part because I think if I'd have stayed an extra month, I'd have been furloughed for like you know ages. And um, oh yeah, and so so yeah, in the UK, it's like furloughed was um, their sort of. Um, uh, during COVID, everyone just the government just paid like eighty percent of your salary, and you didn't have to go into work. Wow. Uh, so you know that that was just like, oh yeah, well if you're not doing anything, just yeah. And I think um, yeah, most of the staff got furloughed for about ten months, and that would have been awesome. But I quit to uh, try doing my own thing, and um, yeah, didn't make any money. So oh, no. <laughs> that, was, that was a mistake. Um, but yeah, then you quit just after, didn't you, Penny? 
Yeah, no, I uh, also made the same mistake. Really? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I quit uh, just before uh, just before yeah, COVID and the pandemic as well. Um, uh, partly just because of my living situation at the time, I um, my commute became like two hours to get into work, and it was just starting to really affect me. Um, uh... And um, so yeah, um, there was that. And also, I think I mean in terms of uh, how we ended up making games, um, I think. I know, be, being um, within the in the inner circle of the uh, games industry, you suddenly I, I suddenly looked around and without sounding too arrogant, went like, "Oh, I, I think I could do this." Like, <laughs> it, 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 like <laughs> because it was just it, you know, you, you 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 on the outside, you're like, "Oh, it's amazing," and all these people are incredible, and they are. But you get in, and you also realize they're human, and you know, some mistakes are made, and you're like, "Oh, actually, it's not as complicated um, or as uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, magical, inapproachable magical. as it seems." Yeah, That's yeah, it's true. just like, "Oh, okay." yeah no I, I get it now um so yeah and then well similarly to um Alad, I uh I tried to tried to go it alone and uh, it did okay but it definitely wasn't going to uh, be paying any rent or bills and then we uh at some point decided yeah. to uh well, join our the, join our skills as well we were at the dog and bell weren't we and um I've been working on salvage um for a bit uh salvage union for a bit and um uh yeah we sort of just met up for a few drinks and um uh yeah, I realized I just wasn't, I don't make any progress with writing. Um, so I'm, I, I can sort of like, you know, put, put ideas down. I can write frameworks really well. Like I can write frameworks when it actually comes to writing things. And like, you know, um, I just can't. So I was, I sort of approached Penny. I was like, do you want to write a game? <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then, um, uh, yeah, Leyline Press was born, really, wasn't it? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So where does the name Savage Union come from? I mean, uh, so that's 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 what my friend Mal with the with the kids that he plays with uh, RPGs with, um, and um, so he ran. He was working on a system called Bane, um, which um, uh, was basically designed to run alongside uh, these uh, Lego mechs that he was building with his uh, kid, yeah, uh, with Jack, and so. Um, and in that, so we did, I did a play test of that with him. And um, did you play that, Penny? Um, yeah, no, I did. I remember because oh, I had yeah, to, yeah. I, I brought my joystick just to add to the, <laughs> no. I remember, I remember sitting there with a joystick playing this role-playing game, with you, <laughs> just pretending to be a mech pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you get yeah. a joystick from? Uh, for, well, from from actually playing uh, Mech Warriors. <laughs> it's a game I really liked. So it's my, my Mech Warrior joystick. Oh, yeah. heck yeah. I love that mech freaking War game. Yeah, um, uh, Mech Warrior 4 specifically, uh, Mercenaries. Was probably oh, like, no, I played Mech Warrior 2. Uh -huh. I just love that game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, two is good. Two, I did actually play. Two. I got had it on the Sega Saturn of all places oh, wow. to have Mech Warrior, and I played that as a kid and didn't understand anything that was happening. But it, <laughs> but it was cool. Like the, the yeah, the movie at the front, the, the like FMV movie. I, I remember that being awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, what's funny is that we both worked from Modifius, and I think it started just with with like a man, a wife and husband team. Right. It's kind of yeah, how yeah. it started. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah, you guys, you know, uh, I I like that idea that people can just like get together like you two have and start a company and be relatively successful. Like in your first, well, I don't know if this was your first Kickstarter, but uh, I think you oh, asked we, for like what eight thousand pounds and you made over a hundred thousand. That must mm -hmm. make you feel good, yeah. kind of, right? Uh, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it's bad. Not, it's not a million dollars or a million pounds, but 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 yeah. it's funny because. I talked to several people who have Kickstarters 
and uh, they all have that same uh, kind of feeling, like they're all nervous. And then the the whole campaign can be a little bit, uh, uh, what is it, daunting? Daunting. How how did you guys go through that whole process? I mean, uh, give me the, the ins and outs of your anguish. No, uh, how did no, it feel? Yeah. It was funny because I was kind of like I was quite bullish about it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I reckon we'll, I reckon we'll do around 40, 45 Like you know, Paddy's like, "No, nah, mate, it's just temporary expectations." Like you know, I'm, I'd be happy. With you. You He's, trying to ground you. He's trying to ground yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, not sure if I did say I told you so, but um... <laughs> no, a couple of times, yeah, a couple of times, oh, a couple of times. Uh, yeah, just a few times. Too. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, um, it was it was all it was a very uh, cha- uh, chaotic process in many respects and quite surreal. Like, yeah, we weren't expecting it to uh, catch on. Uh, well, I, I certainly wasn't, <laughs> as Alan right. mentions, um, expecting it to catch on quite as uh, much as it did. Um, I, yeah, I was still relatively obviously confident in the project because it was the reason we were doing it, and we had had um, success in a uh, a smaller Kickstarter, a game, um, Andromeda, which was a uh, mothership um, module. Which oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, which did ten thousand pounds in the end, which was um, and considering it was like eight hundred pound goal, I think we went for, and it yeah. was our first like as a company Kickstarter, and um, so that like exceeded our expectations as well, I'd say. And then um, yeah, then salvage just blew up, and um, it was, uh, and that's been the last two years of our lives. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I always ask them, ask people who create and put it on Kickstarter, how much work did you put in before? Like you know, like. I mean, I, I, I've never done one, but uh, I've heard people like the groundwork of of the work before you even like think about starting the Kickstarter or hitting that start button kind of thing. There's a lot of work that kind of comes before. I mean, yeah. we smashed it for a month, didn't we? Because um, yeah. uh, we put, I already had some art that I'd commissioned for like an earlier iteration of it. Um, right. And um, uh, before we, I kind of started diving out with Penny. And um, so we had some art already um and then uh yeah basically panny spent the first couple of weeks writing up the um quick start rules okay yeah and then uh the second couple of weeks i think i threw it in layout did the layout and then that that was kind of the main thing wasn't it was doing that and, yeah no that was that was definitely the uh, biggest piece of work because i mean we called it a quick start but i think it was like 100 pages it was, it was yeah. huge yeah. <laughs> like, i remember i downloaded it i go why do i need the book <laughs> yeah um, but i think it worked like I, th- I think that that piece of effort was absolutely worth it because when you're an unknown and yeah like the art was um really good and um there were some cool ideas there but like when people can see it and download it and play it they go that that, that takes people from oh, like definitely. oh yeah this is a cool idea but i don't know to like oh okay this is a real game i thought about it i can play it so yeah it's probably going to be good if i back it yeah and it's probably going to get made like you know if you go yeah. to the extent of making a 100 page quick start yeah. you know people look at that and then go all right well there, there seems to be quite a lot here so they must not have much to do so this is probably going to happen like you know it's it's just that thing to you know inspire confidence and um then yeah doing the video um i spent quite a lot of time on the video as well like you know we had um yeah the custom soundtrack done for it and you know you you do have to i think we invested probably about um it was about five grand or something we'd invested wow. in art and uh assets and um you know we, we did dragon meat that year as well so we um so we took basically we took the money that we'd made from andromeda and then sank it all into you know <laughs> salvage basically um yeah. but you know yeah you kind of you kind of need to do that i think if you if you want to have something that looks you know professional enough to right, you know, right. You know, yeah, um, to, to go that big, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. I was I was stunned with that. Uh, that here in the United States we have the Chilton auto auto uh, manuals. And uh, oh, yeah, 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 and 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 I'm like that. That is super cool. And I don't know if, yeah. how many people work on their cars in the UK, but here, uh, when I was younger, not now because I won't touch the bay of my freaking Volvo. But like yeah. when I used to have a '67 Ford Fairlane, I mean, I could stick my whole body inside the inside the engine compartment, and you know, I would change spark plugs and all kinds of stuff. So I yeah. had one of those one of those books for my for my car. And I think my dad had one for every car he ever owned. So I was like, oh. wow, this is a uh, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So in the in the in the UK, they're called uh, Haynes Manuals. Um, okay, it's, Haynes. Uh, it's another brand, but yeah, yeah, it's the same same principle and. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, and the design very much the same. So yeah, I think like everyone, certainly you know my generation anyway, like you know everyone's dad and you know <laughs> dad, uncle, whatever. And I had one of them in the garage somewhere knocking around, you know. And um, uh, my stepdad was always like, super into cars, so we had like loads of them around, you know. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, so yeah, that that was. I think that was one of the first things I did actually was the cover design. <laughs> That's uh, cool. Um, it's practically not changed at all. Um, cool. Yeah, no, that cover resonated. I remember yesterday we went, we were at um, Dragon Meat, and um, I remember you, Alan. You had like a really long conversation with a guy about like uh, Haynes manuals and all the various <laughs> like ones you had, and then he bought the book. And uh, but I kept thinking, like, is he like does he even play role playing games? Does he just want to? He just wants a Haynes some kind manual. Of car? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I think he just liked the manual. <laughs> like it reminded yeah. him of his childhood. I was like, yeah, so it, uh, uh, that worked yeah, yeah. well. Um, in terms thinks, of I know. You, you get your sales pitch anywhere you can, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sales is sale. Sales yeah, is sale. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, at what point did you guys think that it was like, you know, that you want to share this game with the world? I mean, uh, was it uh, always on the back of your mind, Alad? Because you, you seem to had this idea brewing for quite a while. I mean, it, it's um, one thing to to think of it and play with your friends, and it's another to try to sell it right to the to the yeah. world. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, you know, I've kind of been wanting to make stuff for a while because, you know, you kind of feel like you come up with stuff and it's like, you think this is pretty good. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you're like, well, and I'd like to play this and it doesn't really exist. Um, so, you know, yeah, that, that's that's really it. Um, I know, I mean, the first initial concept came because um, uh, when uh, Games Workshop launched Adeptus Titanicus, and it was really expensive and I didn't want to pay for it. So I started, started as a minis game um, because I wanted to make, you know, my own minis game. <laughs> I didn't have to pay 300 quid for. Um, but um, yeah, then um, uh, then I was introduced to Lancer and really liked that. And that's when I was like, oh, actually, maybe this would be a good idea because um, I really liked Lancer, but um, it's very crunchy. Um, right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really tricky to kind of like um, get to grips with, for me anyway. Um, no, I agree. So yeah, I kind of bounced off it a little bit, and um, uh, which is a shame because I, I absolutely love the book. Like you know, the art, the law, everything is really cool. Um, uh, so then, yeah, the, the, thus was born the uh, the concept for a rules like mech game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, was- I looked at. I remember years ago, I came across a Mech Warrior RPG book. I just loved mm-hmm. the cover, and I and I looked at it. And I'm like. I don't know how you're supposed to play this. It was so complicated, right? And I'm like, and I never played it, right? And I heard that people who play that game usually role play, and then when it gets to the max, they just play BattleTech or something like that. Yeah, so it's kind of funny mm. that you mentioned Lancer and how crunchy it is. No, and this one isn't right. You, you, this is not very crunchy. You roll a d20, and it's a 
and it's not modified by anything, right? It's just a real straight roll. Mm-hmm. What what made you go with that kind of concept instead of like uh I don't I can't think of anything of right now, but anything that modifies the the role kind of game. What did you like uh, about that yeah. that mechanic? So so yeah, the core mechanic actually um comes from uh, a game called Quest, which right. is a uh, kind of like fantasy um, sort of classic fantasy adventure game, but does use the um, sort of same framework that and um, we use with the, the flat D twenty, um, and um, I think um, I mean to make a sort of. The goal was to make like yeah a simple and accessible mech game, but we still wanted the game to feel at least like you were playing one of the more like crunchy mech games, and so we wanted elements of those um like the, oh, yeah, custom- the-, the huge huge amount of customization. Um, sorry, Alex. Specifically, um, uh, because I used to play a lot of Mech Warrior Three, and I mostly spent my time just in the mech bay building like different mechs and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted that. Like, just character create the RPG. Sorry, Penny, cut across you. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, we we wanted that because that is a really important part of um, mech games. As I was saying, I've played Mech Warrior and I'm playing a lot of uh, BattleTech, both a video game, and uh, I dabbled a bit with the, um, the the miniatures game as well. Um, so we wanted that, and we also wanted, but we also wanted like the, the crunchy interactions that, that like um, mech games are good at doing. Like, you know, oh, you you blow up, so, uh, you know, you hit a, hit a part of a mech with a missile, and the armor comes off and breaks, or right. it does structural damage. And a weapon gets damaged like we wanted those elements but then we wanted to take that away from like a sort of rules crunch to something simple and that core mechanic actually does that really well because one element of it for example is uh, a tough choice where you have to like decide between like two different um, options so you can sort of like sneak in the the at least in a sort of narrative um sense the um that crunchy bit because you can go like oh well tough choice here like it hits you but it destroys one of your armor plates right so you can you can frame that but more in a sort of role play narrative sense um but still get the feeling that you're like yeah blowing chunks off a mech or, or like hitting one of its legs so it like drops down you can get a better attack on it but all done really just through like um uh, that core mechanic plus like yeah like improv and narrative and choice for right i mean anything yeah. else i guess would start getting a little bit crunchier and crunchier uh uh yeah. and then you're, you're stuck with this like you know, you know boxes that you gotta mark off and stuff like that and yeah, well, i mean it's the the just inherently when because we've got like obviously the mech crafting system in there and there's hundreds of systems and modules and there's like loads of them we've got nearly 50 mech chassis now including the modules like that's there's so much weight in knowing all the different bits of your mech and the things that you can activate and stuff like that that having difficult interactions as a consequence of using those it would be an absolute unqualified you, you know yeah you start you're building a magic sort of like like game then aren't you you know like when you know you're building a deck of systems yes. and then you know and when they all interact with each other like that it's um yeah it gets uh yeah it gets uh escalates very quickly <laughs> yes no yeah it does and i think um i mean the other thing with the d20 thing is it's just simple it means the game doesn't need any stats or skills and um, one thing about met games is um you're secretly playing two characters uh, or maybe not so right. secretly but yeah you, you've got a pilot and a mech and you're um designing for both and met games deal with it in different ways um some pretty much just uh like completely separate that's what lancer does effectively it completely yeah. separates oh, really? the yeah. mech and pilot part so as a, you do like pilot role play and their skills 
skills and mechanics for that and then you do uh, mech stuff and they don't meet in the middle that much but our game uh, we wanted to make it so they did and you can you know jump out of your mech to do you know to leap onto their mech or to or to salvage some stuff and take it back home to the you know um, to your mech and load it up so we wanted right. um the pilot to be a bit more relevant but then having that flat d20 across both a pilot and the mech with no like stats or skills to remember made it a lot easier like, made those transitions in play a lot more easy than having to be like oh wait okay so my mech has you know plus five mech strength but my pilot has plus two <laughs> pilot strength and oh wait you know, what what one am i using what role am i doing you know that sort of thing like um I hear you. So, yeah just keeping it simple um, i think really worked cool no definitely i i, I was looking at i was looking at the uh the that quest system and i even i even looked up quest and it and it's very interesting because it kind of re, kind of reminds me i don't want to uh besmirch the uh, quest but it kind of reminds me of uh apocalypse world the the, the whole mm. choices and stuff uh except that obviously using a d20 not two d6s and uh you know at being a uh a big time role player from D D. I love the d20 and i kind of like i don't like those d6s you know those are for like attributes or stuff but not you know <laughs> determining the <fate> of stuff. <laughs> so i really like that that idea of uh of, of the that d20 and and i uh i mentioned this to my friends and they're like oh yeah so they so they got the the pdf and they were telling me about it and they were saying you know and they're much more uh Mathy. Mathy is the word because they're telling me percentages of of success and success with a consequence and the chances of failure. And I'm like, you know, it's all Greek to me. Not only that, but they 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 did the math and apparently they did it wrong because I saw three emails telling me, oh, I did the percentages wrong. This is what it should be. And I was like, okay, I like the the one D20. And then it's is it if you do you have to hit just a certain number and if you don't hit that are there like consequences oh uh, yeah, yeah go ahead uh yeah in terms of um yeah the system that quest and the salvage union uses yeah so it's um if you're over the nat 20 you get like um a you know effectively a critical success so you succeed and something else good happens um 11 to 19 is your your standard success um 6 to uh 10 is a tough choice so some sort of choice with consequence but you get to decide it uh, 2 to 5 is a failure and then uh, nat 1 is like a failure with a consequence yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah so they're, they're telling me you know they're typing to me i should say in the email all these chances of success or or the percentages right and i'm like okay and i just took it for granted because i'm not gonna i'm not a statistician and then and then and then one of them wrote back going, oh no uh well my friend is mike and the other one's bay and me and bay comes and goes oh mike got the percentage wrong their actual percentages are this and then i'm like you guys are crazy about this stuff man <laughs> <laughs> i just asked you to look over the game to see if you liked it and my chance to play and they're like yeah we'll play so it was pretty good so obviously uh, uh one of them bay said that he really liked the the way you guys presented the the information or presented the book and he goes he goes in immediately i'm immersed in in, in what this book has to say and and you know grabbed his attention so uh you guys obviously did a great job obviously because you know just two of my friends and they both liked it uh, a bit and uh you know i think it's i think it's amazing that that you can you you go out and you get artists and you and you you put this thing together and then your 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 kickstarter kind of goes pretty pretty decently for both of you. You guys are pretty happy with the results. Uh, at what point were you guys like, like nervous? Did you guys get nervous about being so successful or was it, 
Are you, are you guys more happy than anything else? Because I know, um, like, as as you get more successful, you're like, oh man, you know, you're like, now we really have to, you know, I think, not. Like, I think got go got really nervous around the fulfillment. I think, yeah, and just making sure that like it met up to what we wanted it to be. Right. I think, like, you know, I think that's the, for for me. Like, I guess the nerves. Uh, you know, I speak for Panny, but like for me, the nerves is more in like keeping it going because you're kind of like, I really like this, and <laughs> I, you know. Yeah, I want to chase that. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, keeping it going is obviously like the difficult thing because then you, you just get nervous that like sometimes, well, maybe I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I get sort of like a bit nervous that maybe we've peaked too soon. Um, right. It's like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, are there any more ideas? I don't know. Sure. I'm sure there are. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there's lots of uh, lots of ideas on the idea train. Um, yeah, um, I think it was more of a. I don't know if I felt nervous. It was. It was just a, quite a surreal experience um, right. to me. Um, that um, uh, it had just resonated so much and um, did um, as well as it did at the time. And um, obviously, yeah. Then suddenly, it's like, oh no, okay, now I do have to make this thing, and we have to make it good. <laughs> uh, and uh, like, fortunately, like in terms of like, we had written the quick start, which was a good core like basis. So it wasn't like um, we had a, a blank sort of sheet of paper um, to uh, to give me nightmares. Um, but then we still had put like a lot of um, work between us um, both, of course, to um, to get everything to be uh, finished line and um the whole process yeah was definitely um nerve-wracking um in terms of yeah you know hitting writing deadlines and um you know getting getting art in and getting it all collated put together and obviously the you know the nightmare of dis distribution which we've um, been involved in and the uh complexities of that especially like, internationally and whatnot so yeah it's been uh oh it's been an experience a learning experience let's say it's like like just like yeah but sometimes it feels like digging holes for like so yeah <laughs> yeah I, I guess fulfillment is is really tough Especially uh, in an international scheme, right? In an international place, uh, you, you're shipping yep. books all over the place. Shipping costs are kind of weird and crazy. Uh, do you guys do that? I mean, do you guys are involved with that, or did you guys hire like yeah, we, a logistics we do it people? Yeah, we, oh we really? Do it yeah. So um, uh, yeah, we've might as well. We, we've got we have a distributor in the U.S. Um, right. So. Um, uh, but, you know, we, we send the pallets, we wrap the pallets up in the studio and, you know, put them on the van. And, uh, <laughs> so the pallet, the, the books came to you and you guys are mailing yeah, yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, crap. actually when, when we were, when we were distributing this, this week, we fulfilled three Kickstarters. We were in the studio from like what till 12 to AM and, mm -hmm. um, uh, on Thursday, which was the, the, the last collection by Royal Mail, because we wanted to make sure everyone had them, obviously, before we launched on Friday and then went Dragon Meat on Saturday. And oh, um, the, the lift in our building broke. We're on the, we're on the third floor. Um, oh, no. And the lift broke, and we had two um, shipping cages um, full of packages to go out, like um, about uh, 750 kilos. So was that like a, a ton and a half of books? Yes, it's a lot of and, books. And we had to carry them all down the stairs as well as one of the shipping cages down the stairs. Um, so we were running up and down. We had 20 minutes to do it before the van left. Um, and we, so you got to yeah. work out a workout. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this sort of, you know, we were like trying to get the lift working for like 10 minutes and it just wasn't happening. And we were like, oh God. Which is, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but we did it. And wow. uh, we got it out. So, yeah. 
and it only broke me physically and mentally. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, no, that was uh, that's a price. Oh my god, that's when you call up all your friends and say, "Hey, let's uh, let's go out for dinner." But first, you know, I got something to do. Will you help me? And then put a bunch of stack of books on them and start marching. Oh, we had twenty minutes, which was the fun bit as well, because the guy with the van was Damn, like, "Yeah, a lot of, that's a lot of going up and and going up and downstairs. That's that is crazy." Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and you really. so you shipped all your books for the Kickstarter. They're out, yep. out in the mail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're all, all 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 out in the post now. Um, uh, from our end at least. Um, that feels pretty so, good, uh, then, yeah. doesn't it? Oh yeah. It feels <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did it. It's still not really sunk in, I think, just because it it just feels like we've been so adrenaline fueled, especially the last week. Yeah. Um, but it's not sunk in. But like the project is like effectively fulfilled now, um, and. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's weird actually. Yeah, because it's been, as I said, like the you know last two plus years of uh, both our lives, just um, really focusing on getting Salvage Union like yeah fully finished and um, right. and we've done it and it is good, but like it's not it's not sunk in at all for me yet to be honest. It's, yeah, it's still, yeah, it still, still feels like yeah like Monday I'm gonna be like oh no well go, got to work on some more copy for Salvage Union just to get it to you know but no it's done. Done so there, the, the Savage Union came, uh, the Kickstarter, you guys had like extra books, uh, adventure books and stuff uh, added to the uh, the stuff that was available. Uh, mm. So obviously there's quite a bit of stuff there. What about the future? Are you guys still going to add uh, more adventures to Savage Union? Are you guys going to switch to a different uh, game maybe? Or what kind of, I mean, if you want to share them, I don't know if you have any mm. ideas or even want to talk about them, but uh, where's uh, Leyline Press going after this? I mean, this is a big deal. You, uh, uh, Savage Union is a, is a, is a game, uh, printed and you had a very successful kickstarter so uh you guys feel pretty good about that but there's also as a company you have to like keep rolling forward right yeah uh, yeah yeah um well rolling's uh rolling's a good uh segue so we're, <laughs> we are doing a, a kickstarter for a roll 20 um uh like a vtt um conversion oh. of uh salvage union uh yeah we fought uh, you know, we've we've not been very busy lately, so let's do a Kickstarter. Um, so, not even a little break, yeah, huh? No, uh, we're yeah, literally launching that in theory next week. We've got um, we've got all approval and we've got it set up and we've got some developers um, on hand, uh, especially uh, get a company called Game Day Preppers um, who are helping us out um, to like convert everything. Um, and um, the goal of that is uh, obviously to get it onto the Roll Twenty platform, but it's also uh, accessibility. So like one of the key things about um, Salvage Union, I think, was always was like it's easy to learn it's like an accessible mech game we, we want a game that like um is yeah easy to get into and play and um and there's not like a lot of barriers to entry and uh be it being on roll 20 i think will really uh help with that because um it's uh well the the internet is a pretty big deal these days and yeah, I think um, a lot it of people is. play online yeah, yeah. A lot of people play online so yeah yeah well be, be, because of the because of the oh sorry go ahead Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was just making a joke. I, I still don't agree with it personally. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> it's not going to take off. <laughs> you still have your doubts about this whole internet thing? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, it's a fad. Um, <laughs> Blow over. Yeah. An actual place. Who's going to watch other people play games? That's crazy. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> watch someone that. play a game. Yeah. Uh, that is, that, to me, that's still nuts. That's still kind of yeah. nuts to me. I, it's hard to believe. So, uh, you guys are gonna you're you're gonna kickstart a VTT for Roll Twenty. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I don't. So that's kind of outside. You guys aren't programmers or anything like that, right? At all. No. So, so yeah, what, what's that like? You know, because at least when you're writing for the game, 
you're writing it, right? You know what you want to say and kind of what you want out there. And this is kind of like out of your wheelhouse, kind of. That, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what we can do is we can, we'll, we'll raise the money and we'll just pay other people to do it. So um, <laughs> we don't have to. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not, uh, not going to be hands on on that one at all. Yeah. It's the experts, I say. Uh, yeah. uh, so, do you guys uh, play a lot online? Either, I mean, I know Alan since seems to think it's a it's a fad, but uh, no, I mean, I I do play online because okay. uh, my friends live all over the country, so you can't. Oh, okay. No, I, I was that, I was just I was just joking with that. No, know. there's some people who don't like it, right? And and no, I, I prefer in person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think most people do, but some people are so staunch about it that they will refuse to play online except maybe you know the the pandemic kind of made people either you do it online or you don't play right kind of yeah exactly situation. yeah so um yeah i mean i play um a lot online um, i do prefer in-person games uh, for many reasons um i think yeah you just get that sort of um, connection with people which is um, really important for role-playing but i play a lot of games online i play a, a regular um dnd i play two dnd games online i run one and i play one wow. um and obviously all the all the salvage union games i'm running bar uh we, we are doing we're doing a launch event um at um, a place called badger badger um, near us in Deptford, where I'll be running some in-person games. But other than that, um, all the sort of twenty or so Salvage Union Discord games are all going to be online as well. Because right. um, how else would you, uh, yeah, play with sort of people all over the world? Um, and it's cool, you know, it's, it's cool enough to play from people in the US or in Australia or sort of all over the world um, without um, having to leave my bedroom. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain in many respects. <laughs> That's amazing. How about you, Alan? Um, yeah, I mean. Paddy, Paddy does um, a lot of the game running and stuff. I mean, I'll be running one at uh, Badger Badger, but um, because I handle a lot of the fulfillment production stuff, um, okay. uh, the, the last sort of six months have been pretty grueling for me. So um, uh, I am going um, uh, with my wife off to the middle of the desert in Morocco uh, for a week and uh, then wow. back up to Christmas. So um, yeah, I'm just going to go and hide uh, for a bit. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Recover the desert. Yeah. <laughs> cool well congratulations have a good time at your uh your retreat or your vacation i guess you guys call it a holiday uh here in yeah. nice as we call it vacation uh, uh but uh morocco why i mean uh, personal i don't know if we want to know but uh i've never even uh why my morocco what, what what's interesting um so uh yeah two reasons um one my wife's my wife's indonesian so um oh. uh, so she has an Indonesian passport, which means that um, it's kind of difficult to get visas to a lot of places. Um, but Morocco uh, will do visa on arrival for uh, Indonesian passport holders. So that's reason one. Reason two is um, uh, Ryanair, um, who's like a low-cost airline, uh, European airline, Irish airline, um, basically just started doing flights to this like little town called uh, Uzazate. And um, so the flights were £35 each return. So um, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so the, the two or specifically picking Morocco. Um, but, Perfect. Yeah. 35 um, pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool. How about you, wow. Penny? Are you uh, you going to take a little time off or take a uh, breather, sort of? I'm just trying to... What, what's, what, what's that? What's, 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 what is time off, Precious? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I should do, but uh, not for the moment now. Obviously, yeah. No. Running a Kickstarter campaign, um, it will take a little bit of time and effort, um, and launch games. Um, so like we're um in terms of like uh, our partnership, I think um one of the reasons it works really well is because we're uh, we're both uh, good at different things and um and we sort of um yeah fill each other's uh, 
Uh, yeah, we fill each other's holes, as it were. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't think of another word, but hey, uh, um, yeah. So, uh, I said that. I said that once years uh, ago, and it stuck. Like, without yeah. Like, we fill each other's holes, and it's um, it's oh, a nice. amazing way into that's, it's that's a nice. company culture now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do. Um, uh, so yeah, I do like a lot of the marketing. Uh, obviously, so that's where actually a lot of my that's why I got the marketing job at Modifius because that's where a lot of my uh, experience actually was um, right. in terms of like press comms and um, marketing um, when I was um, uh, yeah back when I was uh, working um, not at uh, Leyline Press or um, whatnot. And um, yeah, I do like a lot of writing and uh, running games and the sort of community social outreach media social media stuff and whatnot. And then well, Alad does uh, all the layout design, uh, project management, business management, like all sorts of things that aren't like in my wheelhouse. So we have a we have a good split there. Yeah, um, cool. but which means I'm going to be very busy because we're we're moving to the the market the game stage. Of the, yeah, <laughs> we're too so, cynical. Yeah. So when when do you uh when do you think that Kickstarter for the VTT will be around? Uh, so it'd be uh, next week, I think. We're oh wow, launch if all goes well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, don't, it, yeah. I, don't, you know, don't take too long. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh wow. yeah. yeah but maybe yeah. i don't know Jan- january maybe i don't know <laughs> jesus <laughs> Febri- uh, yeah i don't know oh well you guys have a great holiday uh, yeah you guys look like you guys have a good hit on your hands uh i can't wait to play the game uh and so uh with my friends and uh hopefully uh you have a good uh, vacation in uh, morocco and en- enjoy your time off your well-deserved time off and Penny, I don't know. You keep working, I guess. <laughs> workaholic, <laughs> rise and grind. Uh, yeah, no, um, uh, it's worth get, it. I can't well, complain. Yeah, you guys got anything to say before we uh, get off the microphones? Uh, yeah, thank you for your time. And uh, I suppose, yeah, uh, to plug my Savage Union, if you want to uh, get hold of it, you can go to uh, www.leyline.press, and we have uh, the full game and free adventure modules uh, currently available. Right. Right, and um, uh, we've got free uh, UK and US shipping over forty pounds as well. So um, uh, right, so you uh, have an actual shipper fr- from the United States. Yeah, yeah. So we've got all all, all the stocks in the states. Um, so um, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we paid to get it over there. So um, uh, now that it's there, um, we can we can do that free shipping thing. So uh, you know, uh, we've we've got a lot of customers in the states. So you know, we. Um, we need to keep you happy so we can bring some of that, you know, American money back to fighting. Uh, well, yeah, we're struggling here. We're struggling. Things yeah. are bad, guys. Sad money. So, Julie, my wife, Julie, she, she doesn't allow me to buy too many role-playing games, but I think I'm going to buy one of your books because uh, <laughs> it looks pretty cool. And at least, at the very least, maybe a couple modules that way I don't have to think about making adventures and stuff. So, thank you very much for coming, uh, well, for us early, but for you in your afternoon uh, after a very busy, busy uh, month and day and week and and then stretch out those muscles from carrying all those books and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Alan is- Alice is getting yeah. stiff already. Uh, no, I have to go downstairs now and uh, empty the car. I still got all the con stuff in it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You're not no, done I yet. I'm going to cook a roast dinner. So there we go. Well, yeah. guys, have a good holiday. Thank you for yeah. coming on. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. Thank you so. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Welcome, Jolene. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah.